Qualys has brought together vulnerability management and patch management, letting security teams discover vulnerabilities and apply patches immediately, all within a single unified app. Sign up for a free trial of Qualys VMDR, vulnerability management, detection, and response today at securityweekly.com forward slash Qualys. Want to be more thorough while also working faster? It doesn't matter if you're on the red or blue team, an augmented reality overlay can enable you to be more thorough and faster at the same time. No glasses, no goggles. Polarity delivers this superpower as an overlay on top of your existing workflow and tools. The free community edition connects to the data you care about to overlay the context you need to make informed decisions. Apply for early access today at securityweekly.com forward slash polarity. Welcome back, everyone, to Paul's Security Weekly. Uh, if you have a specific guest or topic you'd like us to cover on one of the shows, make sure you submit your suggestions for guests by visiting securityweekly.com forward slash guests. Complete the form. We review those on a regular basis. Brian Seeley is an international keynote speaker, world-famous hacker, cybersecurity expert, author, a former U.S. Marine, thank you for your service. Brian became one of the most famous hackers in 2014 when he became the only person to ever wiretap the United States Secret Service and FBI. Shockingly, he told the two agencies before he was caught, and instead of being sent to maximum security prison, the Secret Service called him a hero and praised his courage and integrity. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Is that exactly how it went down? They just immediately praised you? There was no... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The the FBI hung up on me. Okay. <laughs> and the Secret Service needed some convincing. Yeah, yeah. So, Brian, it's nice to have you. Um, how did you how did you get your start in information uh, security? That was basically it. I mean, I was in... I was a high-level, uh, like a senior engineer on Link, uh, now Skype for Business, mm-hmm. Um Microsoft, like MCSE or above, but I wasn't really in information security until I got divorced and uh, clean and sober. And then the whole Secret Service wiretapping thing happened, and then I just sort of fell into it. Yeah, so that was that was your kind of uh, initial... Well, so what made you embark on this project? Tell the story. I was working for someone in 2007 or 2008 that uh, was building fake companies all over the internet, and I started helping it's like doing data entry in uh, orange county when um the real estate bubble kind of burst and a whole bunch of jobs were all gone took any job i could kind of get and didn't know for a while that it was illegitimate mm. uh so i ended up quitting i went back to look and it was worse so it's affecting consumers uh kind of globally and they were creating and fake- i was getting Your frustrated job was to- with the fact that sorry yeah. there's a little bit of a delay brian but your your job was to create fake companies that was what the company was doing yeah it was like doing data entry on lots of different uh yelp white pages Mm. google maps and getting businesses on google maps that don't exist took a few tricks but you could end up building things anywhere you wanted and that was sort of the crux of the of the hack and so how did that lead to wiretapping secret service and fbi so i started with some funny listings to try to get google to pay attention to it um, it was a, I renamed a concentration camp in North Korea to super mega fun time, happy land. And then uh, had a South park picture on it. Um, I changed the That's Westboro amazing. Baptist church to a sex toy shop. 
<laughs> and the Library of Congress to the Zoolander School of Kids Who Can't Read Good. And I did that live on Como News here in Seattle. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> and they, know like they still didn't care. There was, a, there was a bunch of other ones that were all South Park references. But then what could you do if you weren't trying to go after money or you weren't trying to go after humor? If you wanted to go after information, could you create a business listing that replaced, let's say, a congressman's office or a law firm or a bank? So that's kind of where I was led. And I was watching The Rock at the time. So that led me to San Francisco for the FBI and then the Secret Service in D.C. And so you uh, posed as their actual businesses on like Google Maps or uh, on Google Maps? I just used Google. I, I replaced the default locations with ones that I controlled and then flagged the original ones as spam. <laughs> Took phone numbers that were like marketing, uh, like Ring Central or whatever, um, and forwarded all the calls to their, to their switchboards. So anybody who called wouldn't notice. I gotcha. I gotcha. And did you actually <laughs> intercept the calls or did you just route them and not listen? Yeah, like 40. And they, they each carry a weight of like five years in prison. So, <laughs> um, yeah, whoops. <laughs> so you actually recorded the calls. I listened to two before I realized I didn't want to listen to anymore. Yeah. And that, got, that made the news uh, after I went to... Um, the Secret Service office to tell them um, with no criminal intent they didn't prosecute, luckily. Luckily. Or you could have ended up in happy fun land or something. Oh yeah, people have gone to prison. Yeah. yeah, they've gone to prison forever for much less than that. So I'm very lucky. And, and So did the Secret Service want to want to work with you? I mean, you said the FBI kind of hung up on you. Secret Service, do they, they want to work with you and understand how it worked and consult with you? or? <laughs> No, I, I mean, consult. I sat in a little guest room uh, for like four hours and I explained it to him a whole bunch of times. I don't think that was consulting. Um, <laughs> they did say, you're not under arrest. Uh, you're not being detained. But they handed, they gave me a form that had all my Miranda rights on it. And they did touch me a whole bunch of times <laughs> and patted me down and then took all my stuff. So I don't know that I was free to leave yeah, yeah. in so much that they hadn't figured out which bag they were going to put me in. Gotcha. And, and then so that quickly went to, no, like, you're cool, Brian? Like, so you're free to go? On uh, the West Coast senior person was out of Seattle at the time. He called Google and at one point came into the room and was like, all right, I'm on the phone with them. And he's, like, yelling at the people at Google. And they turned off Google Maps new business registrations for, like, two months. And they ended up having to get rid of Google Map Maker because mm -hmm. of it interesting uh whoops sorry about that but he was yelling at him at like he told you this he's been telling you this he told you what was possible and you guys just said what you were google and f you and that's <laughs> basically what their response was and so he's like shut it down now and so they did and then i got a bunch of death threats from people on the internet for ruining their livelihood at that time and if we like legitimate businesses ruining a livelihood, but probably illegitimate businesses for ruining their livelihood. It was the Ill illegitimate guys who were yeah. making, the, you know, anybody who had a business was already on Google Maps. Mm. If you're trying to put up new businesses all the time, then yes, it would have impacted them. So those are the guys who were uh, pissed at me. That's really funny because I want to say Sam and I went to put the Security Weekly Studios on Google Maps 
because like we just hadn't right because we're not a retail business and like the hoops we had to jump through brian that. were like it wasn't just a captcha it was like like proof of our I'm, you know business I'm the reason you can't have nice things <laughs> yeah. that's where you say you're welcome brian. yeah no it's good it's good no it's and if good. you google brian's name it points you to like a fat rendering plant in iowa or something because it's like google's like yeah we remember you uh <laughs> Were you ever contacted? I, yeah, by... people were like, "Haven't you thought about getting a job at Google?" And be like, "Yeah, they don't want to talk to me. I don't yeah. think they like me." That would be a fun interview, though, right? <laughs> were you contacted by people? It would be the worst interview. Well, from your like, perspective. solve this complicated, unsolvable problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From their perspective, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> were you contacted by anyone at Google or no? No. After that, no. I think I was persona non grata because they just didn't like the fact that never happened. They got yelled, they got spanked by a federal agency who's in charge of protecting the president. Like it was not it a has fun no call sense of for humor. Mm. And you called that? No, they don't. Like, no, they don't. I I, I got the Secret Service doesn't really have one either. No, I was talking. Yeah, the Secret Service. Who I was thinking of because I kept I, I I've sat in that room you're talking about because I I made jokes and my secretary turned me in and you know and then like I'm sitting table. There Three yeah. chairs, yeah, that kind of bar. thing. The guy yep. and the guy going, you know, like, so why why would you say something like that? Oh, I just thought it was funny, but it's not funny. Well, I, I thought it was funny, yeah, but but we don't think it's funny. Yeah, but humor's subjective. <laughs> well, don't don't even start there. <laughs> then they're like, okay, get the get the jumper cables. In a minute, we'll it's show the you worst what subjective part is, means. <laughs> that guy leaves, and then another guy comes in and asks you the same questions, like you yeah. just didn't tell them over and over again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just to see if your story changes that's true mm -hmm. but jumper so, cables. No, no, note to self don't change your story and <laughs> these people don't have a sense of humor right <laughs> and don't change it for humorous reasons <laughs> <laughs> no i never said you want to know where Russian. my brain I goes I said after, after three hours in there after telling him eight or nine times i'm realizing if i'm gonna go to jail or i'm gonna be dead It'll be for something like what I did, not for what I'm about to say, which was, hey, can I see your gun? Oh, yeah, that <laughs> Why kind of, not? Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. because, because I'll have bullets? I don't have bullets. You searched me. Did you not do your job properly? Or are you worried that I'm going to hit you with an empty gun? I can do more with damage with this chair. Why are you leaving? Who's this guy? Like, just trying to get under their skin because I was so bored. Yeah, you're you're lucky you didn't like like suddenly they take the bag off your head and you're like in the square in Pyongyang or something, you know, and they're like, "Have a nice day." Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't speak Korean yet. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how fast I'd learn Korean while beaten by sticks. Oh, what a happy fun land or whatever. I'm guessing quickly. Yeah. I, right. Right. I don't know. I don't know how we quite follow that up, Brian, because that was wildly <laughs> entertaining. Is there more to the story? My life has been, not really, uh, my life has been kind of nonsense since the beginning, and it doesn't seem to stop, uh, whether it's my own doing or I'm just a magnet. I don't know. Well, like, you what, know, what happens next? Like, hold on, wait, what happens next? So I get into information security via that. I ended up finding... And working with, and meeting new people, um, I get to go on John McAfee's board at his new company. He flies me out to DefCon. That was a fun time. Hanging out with him in Vegas is difficult when you're sober. Mm. Um, I ended up getting yeah. full custody of my kids and becoming a foster parent. 
And then, so my personal life sort of intersects with the professional at this point where I took um, custody from the state. They had custody of my stepdaughter, ex-stepdaughter. She's like 16, 15 at that point, And I became her foster parent. And I also had a one-year-old and a seven-year-old full custody. The 15, 16-year-old had a heroin problem because of uh, her douchey ex-boyfriend. Um, fast forward a year later, mom gets cancer. And that's hard on my daughter. She relapses and she ended up being trafficked here in Seattle. It was missing for about a month. Wow. Not fun, but I spent a month looking for her, working with the FBI task force for commercially exploited minors. And some people in the information security community helped me uh, with that endeavor. It's, it is an interesting community. People will abandon their personal lives to help someone out. Mm. Uh, so the information security and the hacker community is um, one of the best things I've that's come out of all of this, because these people, even if you've never met them, will go, will go to the ends of the earth for you. So I ended up finding her before the FBI did, which apparently is another first. And this is how I know the movie's taken or bullshit because yeah. the second one isn't Liam Neeson having to go to therapy. And then there's a third one and a fourth one. When does CPS get called on somebody? How many movies do you need before someone starts to go, okay, this is unacceptable? Have you continued work in, in that field, Brian? No. Um, it was too traumatic for me. Mm. So six months after, the, uh, after I found her, I, I had exhausted all my resources, um, couldn't feed my children anymore. Um, that led to a suicide attempt and going to a psych ward, putting my life back together. Um, I got my kids back out of foster care. I put them there um, voluntarily, which was the smart thing to do. Lots of therapy, lots of learning how, um, how to ask for help and how much more important mental health is than I thought it was. It's, it's not taught in the Marines that your emotions matter. Therefore, other people's emotions certainly don't matter. How to deal with trauma, how to deal with those kinds of things, because people do run into child pornography. How do you cope with it? Um, as you get to be an adult and you move forward in life, the levels seem to get harder. Knowing how to like cope with that has been the biggest um, amount of work for me. And getting to a point where I can actually talk about this stuff in hopes that it helps somebody else figure out how to navigate other crappy life situations. Certainly, yeah, a, uh, yeah it, an amazing feat to overcome those crappy life situations, Brian. I, that, I commend that's you. An inter that's an interesting comment I got, I've got to make uh, there um, that you just said, uh, and, and it goes along the lines of uh, nobody gives you a manual to adulting, mm -hmm. right? You you, no. you come into this world and you, you're given like a framework from your your uh, parents or whatever whatever whoever raised you and then it's like good luck <laughs> yeah i always good. thought being an adult was going to be better i was yeah. lied to mm -hmm. turns out turns out it's a, <laughs> it's a huge lie <laughs> yeah. being a teenager a like that was rough but man it was so much better being a teenager is actually turns out to be the most freedom that you'll ever have in your life brian when the yeah. the, the hacker community helped you was you know, do you think you had some clout with them because of the widely publicized, uh, you know, hack? Or do you believe like they were just helping you just 
because they were they wanted to help you. I thought it was the first one at first, mm. but when I met them, uh, I met some of them at DefCon. I felt like I was an imposter and I wasn't like them because these are the OSCP like single digit certification numbers um, of guys who founded Luke McCormie from DefCon and Mark Rogers and Mm -hmm. um, Matt Plossel and these guys, uh, Christian Hermans, like meeting these people who know everybody, every party, every single person and, and who they're all related to because they've been doing this so long. I was either doing drugs or in the Marines or not anywhere near the community. So I got way started way late, like in my thirties, I asked them, I was like, dude, I don't feel like I fit in here. Like you guys are actually pedigreed and have all the certifications. They're like, no, no, no. You think like us, you're part of the group. Yeah. Period. And talked me into feeling like I had something valuable to offer and just being myself was enough. And it was really surprising because most other groups seem to have this merit or achievement-based ranking system and a hierarchy. So the Marines was definitely like that. Mm. But all of a sudden, I felt like, oh, okay, like I can be, I, I can choose to be part of this group. They all, they don't give a crap about the famous stuff. They care about curiosity and solving problems. Mm. What um what what helped you the most uh, to be where you are today, Brian? Because there's a lot of people listening. A lot of mm. people know people listening that are in some really crappy uh, you know life situations. Um, what what helped you the most? Finding something to chase and problems to solve. Uh, how I ended up at like Sciemptive. Um, Sciemptive's like the first company that I've been excited to work for because of how advanced the technology is and not like a pitch session, but it, it just blows me away at what my boss has been able to achieve. So it keeps me interested and keeps me focused. I have to pay attention to my own personal boundaries on like, if anything has a 12 step meeting like associated with it, it's not a good coping mechanism. Food, gambling, sex, alcohol, drugs, mm. they can quickly get out of hand and you can you can be fine in a normal situation, but then throw a pandemic, throw subsequent depression, all that stuff, and then feel isolated from people. I, I get recharged talking to people, not being by myself. I'm an extreme extrovert, which is why I do well in public speaking. I think I'm okay at it. So you're not I don't really nervous. in a sound studio. You're in a padded cell right now. <laughs> not anymore. Not that, anymore. That's right? a very astute <laughs> observation. <laughs> that was a week, a couple weeks. No, this is definitely uh, my garage. And there's a gym on the other side of that wall. Physical fitness, I thought, was not as important as it's become. So even half an hour, 45 minutes, I have a walking treadmill desk set up and that makes a big difference. Uh, lifting some weights, doing yoga, doesn't matter what it is. Sitting at your desk for 18 hours a day has a toll on its, on your spine. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds it like, too, Brian, the... Major, um, major problems. Uh, problem solving and hacking was also part of kind of your therapy. And I, I can certainly relate to that as well. Because yeah. we all go through stuff 
but if we've got a, a problem at hand, something to hack, something to, to solve, something to chase, it, it, it I find it's also great therapy. It sounds like you have too. Yeah, it, it is. Talking to other people is a huge component of what I think probably the biggest thing, like being open about certain problems. So being able to be comfortable enough saying, I'm a recovering homeless drug addict who now has a position that isn't affected by me saying that on television or the news. Uh, my bosses all know. Mm. The, two jobs ago, I mentioned it as my weakest thing that I was able to overcome in all three interviews and still got the job. So if anyone wants to look at fame or uh, as a, I don't like being famous in terms of that being important because it isn't. But if mm. someone sees this and goes, wow, this guy's actually accomplished. He's done all these things. I value his opinion or putting any sort of pedestal on it. He's also the same person telling you that it doesn't matter. And you can be a drug addict. You can be any of those things. And it's not as shameful as you might be thinking it is. Talking to people, finding ways to get help is some of the, uh, the best advice I can give. You know, um, I have to say, if you do encounter somebody that's that's got fame uh, or celebrity in whatever industry it is, and they are not humble about it, that's not the person you need to be around anyway. Um, Agreed. Because, yeah, you have to – people have to have their feet screwed to the ground and, and have to have a, a, a reality check. And, and especially in this industry, there is not a single person – in this industry that does not stand on the shoulders of a hundred other people um, or a thousand, you know, so every one of us has influences, experiences. Uh, it's no different than, than being a rock star musician. You know, it's the same thing. They will stand on the shoulders of other yeah. people. Uh, yeah, so you, but that's, you, you know, Joff, that's a great point. And Brian, it begs the question, what, what were some of the greatest things your mentors do did for you in, in this field? Because it sounds like you had some really good mentors to get you uh, to help you uh, with some of the things you were going through, but but also uh, kind of mentor you to get you where you are. Uh, one of the biggest mentors that comes to mind, I mean, other than my dad, like if I had to pick someone to have lunch with, it almost always would be him, even if I got to pick a celebrity. I think President Obama would be another one that I'd want to have lunch with. I got to meet one of my other heroes because of all of this, um, John Cleese in December hmm. in Dubai. Uh, which was incredible. But my mentor, Drew, um, who I've known, he was the guy who drove me to the psych ward. Mm -hmm. He got me jobs. He's a multi-multi-millionaire. Um, and he spends all his time helping other dudes, trying to get through that quitting alcohol, finding happiness, and being able to realize like we don't have to be uh, dependent on these chemicals to feel okay, and you can actually be happy. Like, wake up going, wow, the the world's not so bad. It, I mean, even if it is kind of crappy weather or whatever, like you can find good in almost anything. Um, he's the one who told me about how to turn negatives into positives, how to turn a negative situation and find, find something good out of it. And Brian, what do you, what, what, what are you doing today in terms of your job? Cause you seem pretty happy with, uh, you know, the company and what you're doing. Uh, I work at Scientive Technologies. We are a next generation um, security appliance or security company. Basically, the thing that 
I had a meeting. My boss directly is um, 35 years at the NSA. So I think he was like within the top three people engineering wise. He'd been there forever. I've known him for over a year. And here's what I know about him. His name is Gary. I think he likes golf. I'm not sure about anything else. <laughs> it's funny Other how they, the I make, folks, I make former him NSA laugh. folks compartmentalize that, that information by nature. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's in their DNA. Right. Mm. I had a top secret, sensitive, compartmentalized information clearance. And so I get it, but it's, but I don't know anything about him other than he likes my jokes and I can make him laugh. And if he still has a sense of humor, I think we're all going to be okay. I, I just want to follow him around for like a day just to figure out what planes he catches, where he does, doesn't eat. All right. Yes. Chipotle. No Jack in the box. Like <laughs> just, you know, just figure out, okay, based on what he does, what's okay. Um, the, the idea behind what we're doing is I've watched us stop zero day attacks that we have no idea how it's being performed. And if you want to think of a zero day, like we're in a room, there are no doors and suddenly there's a squirrel on the floor <laughs> and we both look at it and now the squirrel is gone and we have no idea how the squirrel got in and out. And it's like defies all logic and all physics, but we both saw the damn squirrel, right? That's, that's kind of how we look at it. But my boss figured out a way he doesn't have any kids and he's brilliant. And he had some early success running um, cloud operations at Hitachi. So he's had a lot of time on his hands and I'm able to watch them stop hacking attacks within seconds and protect VPNs that can get hijacked and protecting operating systems so that I made a joke. I think is why they hired me. I made a joke in a pitch meeting and it was all serious. It was him, my boss from the NSA. And they were talking about going back to a known good state. And like, you know how LifeLock, the guy put out his social yeah. security number yeah, yeah, on the billboard. And even then, that was stupid because his identity got stolen like 11 times. Mm -hmm. But claiming that they could put the password and username to a router or any sort of network appliance we controlled out on the internet, letting somebody go in and offering some sort of ransom if you could actually change something. Because the way that they can control it allows, if it gets hacked, it can go back to a known good state. And I, and I said something like, huh, that's like Aladdin. And they're like, what? And I was like, you know, in, in the movie Aladdin, when the genie goes, poof, what do you need? Poof, what do you need? It like keeps popping back up as sort of like fresh and clean. And I think a lot of them started to laugh. And then like a week later, they said, we almost used that in a pitch deck. Mm -hmm. uh, and then a few months later, I started working for them. It's <laughs> awesome. So I think we're one of the only companies that offers guaranteed SLAs on zero days uh, to be able to stop them within seconds, to be able to protect web servers, desktops, kind of everything. And it's a different approach to how uh, we find and detect ransomware. We've advised the Department of Homeland Security. Um, my boss used to work for the NSA, which again is all that I know about him. But yeah, it's, it's an exciting company to work for that actually 
is solving problems rather than being part of something that's like, all right, we've got a new take on the same old sort of thing that doesn't really solve the problem. Because if you have to have an antivirus solution that needs to see an example first before it can stop it, well, the Titanic uh, is that is unsinkable now. One iceberg was all it took. Like you can't really afford one exposure to fire or really brutal ransomware. Brian, had you, had you always been good at public speaking and talking to people? You you mentioned that as a as a quality that you you kind of believe in yourself. Had you always been kind of did that kind of I, natural, or was that a learned skill? Do you think I'm good at it? I mean, I that's do, yes. question I one, do. I guess. I love your Aladdin. I mean, just well, I the way you explain that. things. Uh, yeah, that's great. I've always, I've had a lot of friends who are like, you're really good at analogies. Mm. And I think that came from listening to stand-up comedy from when I was a kid. That and the fact that when I was probably two or three, I don't think I knew how to shut the hell up. Mm. My, my dad and mom must have had patience of a saint because just, and I've been blessed with two kids, uh, one who's a boy who's six, and he also... I, every time I put him in the car, every time I have to shut the door and he's going, but dad, I, 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 and every single time I have to cut him off. Otherwise, I'd just be standing in the driveway for the rest of my life. My middle son, Brian, is the same way. Loves to talk. Loves to talk. And I love that about him, too. It, it, except at certain times where I'm like, all right, like, it's quiet time now, dude. Like, shh. <laughs> Isn't this great? I love being quiet. Yeah, Quiet's yeah, my yeah. favorite. <laughs> 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 yeah, awesome. I've always I've always been very that. verbal. What have some of your talks been about? It says you were uh, uh, keynote speakers and stuff. Are, are you just telling your story? Uh, uh, Dubai was the first time I told anything related to my daughter's situation, and that was a social engineering attack based thing. Because when I found her, it was a lot of social engineering, which ended up finding a phone number. Tra reverse tracking to an address, finding the business owner of that address, finding out where his house was, and then tracking down this person's house. And then calling my babysitter at two in the morning because I had to hire a babysitter to watch my kids. Mm -hmm. Having her call the number and ask for my daughter pretending to be a friend of hers because she had been calling around asking for drugs. And he wouldn't have answered for a guy. Right. So my babysitter... Uh, her name is Riley. Um, she called in. She's like, hey, is Aurora there? Blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, yeah, hold on a second. And then she hangs up, texts me, and I'm right outside of the house. I call the police. They ended up doing a health and welfare. But I did the speech in a third person talking about some kid and then her stepfather, foster parent. And then at the end, it was sort of like a twist reveal that mm. I was the actual parent. And then a bunch of people cried. Oh. And I'm not a big fan of always doing that because I'd rather have people laughing. But right, right. sometimes the message sinks in better and uh, lots of how to protect your company, how to protect yourself, um, social engineering, kind of what like what are the top 10 threats? What do they mean? And then just trying to explain SQL injection in a way that people without a technical uh, brain in their body, you know, they have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> trying to explain that in simple terms and why it matters yeah it seems like you've been a um a great resource for the news outlets what's your advice for those of us in cybersecurity that 
maybe aspire to be on the news and be that voice of explaining these things that get really technical, but in a way that most people can understand? Uh, start with a subreddit called Explain Like I'm Five. <laughs> if you can explain something simply without using the most technical jargon you understand, find a way to explain it to somebody like you're going on a date and what do you, what do you do? And you're not trying to feed your own ego and sound like the most pretentious person on the news. Like the reason I think they call me back is because I'm trying to make jokes and trying to make it funny and interesting and find an analogy that explains like how to, how to fix your data center without turning anything off. It's like trying to change your oil while you're driving down the freeway or, you know, replace the engine without losing any speed. It's like, just not going to be possible, you know, um, finding an analogy that works, that makes it simple to understand. And then practice, uh, either Toastmasters, find a, a B-sides, find a topic you give a crap about, advance it a little bit, stand on the shoulders of people before, do some research, find something you're passionate about, and then find outlets. And there's plenty of places to do that. Uh, I think I got a lot of I mean, I did um, I did some public speaking experience before my TED talk, but it was all open mic comedy, like two years of going to open mics and flailing around. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't successful. Obviously, I got famous for something else, mm -hmm. but um, I end up knowing a lot of comedians and watching them, watching people perform and realizing mm -hmm. like there isn't a single person who's better or more important out there. So if you can go on stage and take a a nice pause and realize, huh, it's okay to be quiet for a second. And you can talk quieter. You can slow your words down. You can pause for effect. Mm. Yeah, and the pausing is big in, in comedy. Everyone else there, yeah, everyone there is just as nervous to get up on stage, and even though they might not show it. Brian, who's your, who's your favorite comedian? Oof. Favorite comedian, I mean, all, all time. I mean, John Cleese was one that I watched uh, since I was a kid. Like, Five Goes West, he was the cat. Uh, I got to go to lunch with him after making him laugh for a few minutes after his speech. Um, he signed books for my family. We spent, like, two hours just sitting and talking and laughing. And he told I told him one of the darkest jokes I've ever heard, and he cackled for... <laughs> like 10 minutes i prefaced it with like okay this is really 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 dark are you okay and he goes bring it yeah but some of the best advice he ever gave was I, I spent 20 years or more working on keeping my ego in check so it's how i stay funny like oh it's <laughs> good interesting because all the people that you hear of like never meet your heroes he defied that completely he's even nicer and more charming and funnier in person and it's hard. And just, I mean, it, it's hard today, Brian, to be funny without without offending someone. It's interesting. I went back and one of my favorite shows and comedians is Dave Chappelle's show. And yeah. I, they are on HBO now. And I went back and I'm almost through season two. And I'm like, oh, my God, that stuff is so funny. I'm like, it would never fly today. Ever. Ever. And you know what? The interesting part is it didn't really yeah. fly back then either. <laughs> No, that's, that's and but he didn't care, it. and he was brilliant, uh, still brilliant. Mm. 
the safest target to make fun of is yourself. Right. Uh, learning that in 12 step meetings and realizing like, Hey, no one's done more damage to me than me. So I've got, I shouldn't have any enemies. And if you don't have any, if you can get the contempt out of, uh, for another person, you can talk with anyone about anything. Like I can have a conversation with somebody who disagrees politically or religiously. And like the same reason I don't drink is it's like, I don't drink, like you can drink. It's like, I don't eat broccoli because I don't like it. Please don't eat broccoli in my house because I don't want to smell it, but you can drink if you'd like, you can smoke a cigar. It doesn't bother me. Anything that you do, it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't, Hmm. it's, it's the same thing with my religious preferences. And Therefore, I'm not thinking I'm better than anyone. And I'm not walking around like, ha, 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 like, I'm so awesome. Like, no, I'm a big idiot. I'm surprised I'm still alive. Well, we're glad you're here with us, Brian. No, I appreciate that. You're insp- yeah, inspiration to, to all of us and hopefully all our listeners, too. You know, we get a lot of questions about how to get into uh, cybersecurity uh, certainly your path uh, is, is very unique, but what advice... <laughs> Not advisable, <laughs> <right>? no. <laughs> yeah. What advice do you have for others that want to that wanna get into uh, cybersecurity, Brian? It's... It's not this elite gatekeep... There's no gatekeeping. We're not trying to keep people out. We want people to join. So pick up a book and start reading. Find something you like. Do you like people or do you like tech? Lots of people in this industry don't like people. So that's why there's a shortage of good public speakers, I think. And it's more of the, I like the dark. I like my basement. I don't like people because people have been mean in the past. And high school and middle school is kind of brutal for anyone who's fairly nerdy. Uh, Myself not being the exception either. Um, I, I missed the day at school where you learned how to talk to girls. I think I was on the computer. So find something you like. doesn't matter what it is. You don't need to be someone else. You can be exactly who you are and try to be the best version of yourself, whether that's uh, knowing all the stuff about social engineering and go to the social engineering village at DEF CON and go to Black Hat, find a job that pays you uh, to be part of it. And whether you're working at McDonald's and you need to get a certain level of skill, there are people who will work will work with you on your resume. There are people who will give you advice and tell you what training courses to take. Do something every day that advances your goal, whether it's pick up a book to study for your A-plus certification or your Network Plus or your Security Plus and start somewhere. Do something that advances your goals. Nothing, nothing is done more for my self-esteem or current mood than accomplishing something that would put me into a better position tomorrow on like a day-to-day basis, like knocking some task off that I needed to get done feels like a really good sense of accomplishment. That dopamine is way better than sitting on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and just finding and picking fights on Twitter. I mean, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. uh, (laughs) Like being a troll doesn't you're there's no like level two or level three you're not going anywhere in life you're just being a dick yeah and it's interesting with trolling like regardless of the result like the answer is always keep trolling is what i found someone posted that graphic and i'm like <laughs> right you know when you meet trolls i'm like you know what that is that is that is that's a thing ca- yeah like 
I either pissed him off or I didn't. It doesn't matter. The arrow always goes back to like keep trolling. And I'm like, yeah. what is that really? That's so counterproductive, right? I I do things like that in my own life that are like I spend a lot of time on something because I think it's funny. Like I have I have a file cabinet right over here. Three drawers. Top secret, middle secret, bottom secret. And then I have a folder alphabetically. It's called dick pics. Labeled, printed off, tab, everything, all alphabetically sorted. And it's just eight by tens of Dick Cheney. <laughs> and no one's ever going to see it. <laughs> it's, it's My daughter just, it's, saw it and she's like, why? 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 No one's going to see this until you're like dead and they have to go through this. And I'm like, that makes it even better. That makes it so, so good. That's exactly <laughs> the best thing ever. Because Doug's like, you stole my file cabinet. Dan is a page out of his book. I mean, that's, I know, <laughs> that's, that, that's what, yeah. what I want. That's what I want. I mean, you know, you, you want to pull, so you just think about the people you're dead and they're pulling out, they're going, oh, here we go. And yeah, I know that's, uh, I, I wish I, I, I had I'm going to suggest, son of a just a poll that we should make that the title of this episode now. We're going to call that di this episode Dick Picks. So. You win. Brian wins. I, I quit. I'm out. I, I, have, I have a favorites folder on my phone that has a, the same picture in the favorites. Like my kids, my car, like my license plate says dad bod, Marine Corps disabled, the whole thing. And it just cracks me up and I send that picture like when dating or whatever girls like you send a few photos of me and the kids and then throw that in there and she's like what the hell is that and I'm like oh sorry for the dick pic and it just makes them laugh like it's just stupid and it there's I can't try but, to be but cool for the I've record, never been able to pull that off single, right <laughs> say again for the record you're still currently single right <laughs> Yes, that is a very astute observation. <laughs> no, there's there's no correlation whatsoever. I'm sure. Yeah. So the lesson is: call me Captain Brian. I'd, I'd stick a note work. somewhere in that folder of dick pics that says, "Remember, I told you you were going to have to go through this shit." <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lucky I'm married. <laughs> oh, I count my blessings every day. Anyway. Yeah, it's uh, my life has a, a lot of back. There's a lot of character development in this character's backstory. So it sometimes people just find that to be a little busy. But who knows? It's <laughs> awesome. Are we going to ask four and a half questions? I think yeah, we should. Yeah, I think we should. I think that's yep. that's prudent. It's appropriate. I like how we now call it four and a half questions because we had to come up. <laughs> For the reasons we talked about comedy being difficult, we had to retire yep. one of our questions. Um, but, yeah, Brian, are you ready to play four and a half questions with Security Weekly? Of course. I'm ready for anything always. Three words to describe yourself. Tall, funny, nice. If you were a serial killer, what would be your weapon of choice? Dick pics. Duh. Dick pics. Garbage bags. <laughs> If you wrote a book about yourself, what would the title be? What Not to Do by Brian Teeley. <laughs> Anyone want a replacement for question four? Question four. <laughs> Anyone. That's the one where we spun the wheel and you had to show a random body part. Was it? Yeah. 
Oh, no, I think <laughs> we got rid of that a while ago. <laughs> we'll defer. Uh, Brian, choose defer. two celebrities to be your parents. Alive, live, dead, dead fictional, fictional, or otherwise. Or otherwise. Can I, I, I'd rather have them be live. Um, your choice. John Cleese. Yes. Which isn't actually impossible. His daughter's single. Uh, yeah, so John Cleese. But have and, you shown uh, her the dick pic? <laughs> he, he's the one who brought it up. He said, Yeah, my daughter's single. She's always having a hard time meeting people. She's like 36 and a comedian. She's also a model, by the way. Yes, John Cleese, I'll date your daughter. Of course, sir. Whatever. That'll happen. For you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he tells you that he's not, yeah, absolutely. But then he brings Terry sure Jones just... in and drag and says, here's my daughter. And... You've got to come up with another one. Do Brian. I get the inheritance? <laughs> you need a second parent. Helen Mirren. All right. Way All right. to go. Brian, thank you so much for appearing on Paul Security Weekly. It was awesome meeting you, and I'm glad you were able to, uh, to come on the show and share your story with our audience and ourselves. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, maybe you guys will have me back when I finish writing the book that I'm almost done with. Oh, are you? Was that in my notes? Did I miss that? Or was that? No, uh, I probably just forgot. Big reveal. You know, big reveal. A do tell. So you got a book coming out. (laughs) You don't want to end the episode called Dick Picks with Big Reveal. (laughs) (laughs) The hell we don't. Make sure you listen to the end for the Big Reveal. (laughs) And then the subsequent disappointment. (laughs) What? Do do you have a title? Do you have a title for the book? I don't. Um, it's it's a lot of stuff we've already talked about, and then action items, and I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of sad stuff, but ultimately, I'm happier than I've ever been uh, at any point in my life. How to get to there? I don't carry around baggage from the past. I don't have the previous trauma haunting me. What I did to kind of solve all that, and then maybe people will want to listen. Awesome. Good for you. Thank you so much, yeah, Brian, for appearing on the show tonight. Oh, it's an honor. Thank you, guys. With that, we'll take a short break. Come back with the security news for this week. Stay tuned. 